Welcome back to another episode of 3030 and Surviving. It's Tracy. New episodes come out every Monday on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, and YouTube. There's some clips on there for our visual learners. You can follow along with everything on the show, see some behind the scenes stuff, figure out which guests are coming in the next few weeks on Instagram at 3030surviving. And as always, you can DM me, you can send me an email if you have a referral, someone that you'd like to see come on to the show, or if you have certain topics and things that you want me to look into and we can bring into future episodes as well. So love to hear from you, love your feedback, and keep it coming. Keep it coming. Today in the studio, I have Emily Chandra. She is a former dancer and yoga instructor, and now she has her own dance studio um, where she actually teaches classes. She has a whole team of instructors. It is called Seacoast Stilettos. It is in the North Shore, and it's absolutely badass. Like me just calling it a dance studio is is just so undersimplifying it. Like you, I'm going to let her explain it, but it is just the essence of female empowerment and really accepting who you are and loving yourself. And that is what this show is all about. So I'm thrilled to have her here and walk us through a little bit about the business and the concept and all the details in between. You're going to learn where you guys can go take classes and a bunch of other little fun stuff woven in and out of there. So without any further delay, Miss Emily Chandra, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Yes. Thank you for the opportunity to speak about what we do. Yes. Okay. So let's cover some of the basics first. Mm -hmm. Obviously I just gave it a a teeny weeny pitch, but in your typical, you know, like 30 second or one sentence description of what Seacoast Stiletto is, how would you tell people? I would describe Seacoast Stilettos as an all-inclusive dance and fitness space where you can come take a class. We're very focused on sensuality, confidence, empowerment. We have a lot of intro classes, definitely cater to beginners, but really all levels. Really big on celebration of one another, regardless, or like actually, especially because of your body type, where you come from, your background, your race, who you love, and all of that stuff. So celebrating one another, and it's it's so fueled by the community. It sounds so much better when you describe it. (laughs) We do specialize in heels classes, of course, hence the name. Of course, Um, of course. And a lot of sensual style movement, but it has expanded so much from beyond just like heels dancing Mm -hmm. to we have dance hall classes now. We have Latin and salsa, contemporary. We have hip hop style, modern contemporary styles, um, Really, the list is just keeps Afro beats. We have like so many instructors coming in and bringing their passion and their flavor to what we do. It's amazing. Incredible. Okay, I'm going to ask you a little bit more on that in a few minutes. But first things first, we've got to do the introductory questions that I always have all my guests do. So where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Newburyport, Mass. Oh, and yeah. you're still in the North Shore now, right? I am. I live in Haverhill. Um, I grew up in Newburyport and come from a super artistic family. And I moved around a lot. I lived in um, outside of Boston, many towns in the North Shore, lived in New York City. But I really do love the North Shore. And although I'm <clears throat> going to be moving closer to the studio probably, which is in Peabody, mm-hmm. It's just like got a special place in my heart. I love that. This area, yeah. How old are you? I'm 34. No, I'm 33. I'm going to be 34. When's your birthday? <laughs> I'm just like overshooting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just I'm anticipating. Up at this point. Yeah. Well, might as well. <laughs> I'm 33. <laughs> when is your birthday? 
May 15th. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you're, you're a little a little early, but yes. A little soon. early, a couple May's, months. May's around the corner. So May 15th, does that, are you a Taurus still or are you a Gemini? I'm a Taurus. Taurus. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Do you know anything about astrology? Do you feel like you resonate with your sign? Decent amount. Yeah. I know I'm a Taurus, sun, Libra, moon, Capricorn, rising. Ooh. So double earth. Yes. Um, and definitely I, I relate to a lot of Taurus qualities. Yeah. Anything like aesthetic, cozy, Love my naps, love animals more than people sometimes. <laughs> I really relate to like Capricorn too, like kind of like the workhorse of the Zodiac. Yes. Big ideas, like that is definitely me, like through and through, work sometimes too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much to learn about astrology, but there I definitely are... say I relate. Okay, good, 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 good. <laughs> and relationship status? I'm taken. <laughs> and then one last little fun question, totally unrelated, but since it is officially spring, I'm curious, do you know how some people love getting flowers and some people hate flowers because they're like, it's just something for me to take care of. So I'm curious, are you a person who loves flowers or could you live without flowers? Flowers all day. Yeah. There's never, you can never give me enough flowers. I, my whole house would be just like filled with them. Oh, that's so sweet. Plants, on the other hand, I can't really keep ca <laughs> take care of, but flowers, like I can manage. Do you have a favorite kind? Lilacs. Ooh, I know. Fun. Which, like, I don't really get like a bouquet of lilacs, but but that's know, what makes them special. I think yeah, you know. I love the smell. Like when the lilac trees are like popping, yeah. and you can just smell that. Oh, so good. Delish. Delish. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So now we got the 411 on you. We got the 411 on what the on what the sh what the um company is all about and what your business is. But let's take it back. Let's mm -hmm. go to the very start of your career as a dancer. And you know, you've you really were focusing on that in yoga way before Seacoast Stilettos came into reality. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got here. Yeah, happy to. So I started dancing from a really young age. Like my mom had me in dance classes when I was like three or four. And I just always danced growing up. I danced in a very small like studio that was very focused on um, jazz technique, Luigi technique, and performance and like more theatrical. I know like a lot of kids growing up went to like competition studios. Mm -hmm. That was not my experience. Um, Abby Lee Miller wasn't your... No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Is Dance Mom still different. on TV? I don't think, I don't know. I know it's somewhere. Didn't she like go to jail or something? I couldn't tell you. Okay, well, good. I'm glad that wasn't so your closely. experience. I'm wasn't glad that my wasn't experience. your experience. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, I grew up dancing my whole life. I come from a very like spiritual and musical household. My parents are musicians. My like grandparents are musicians, aunts and uncles. Like everybody had music, and I always had dance and. Yeah, I was really just like fostered in this creative household, which was so special. And I got to like really have the freedom to express myself. And I observed from a young age um, role models prioritizing their art mm -hmm. <laughs> for good and bad, <laughs> you know. Um, but that was like really special to see. So basically, I ended up going to college for dance and got my degree. And I moved to New York City shortly after. I pursued dance professionally, was dancing with um, modern contemporary dance crews and teaching and auditioning. And that was when I was really immersed in like the auditioning scene, which was like pretty tough and taught me a lot. And I ended up moving back from New York. I was kind of living that starving artist life yes. as a young person and kind of burnt out from it. I remember doing shifts like bartending till like three, four in the morning and then getting up for like 6 a.m. auditions. And it was just like- That's I, not sustainable. It wasn't sustainable. And like, you know, some of the auditions fueled me and I met like a lot of really amazing people and I was training really hard. 
and the hard work was, it just like felt good to be in that space. And there was like dance classes and training opportunities everywhere. Mm -hmm. And also at the same time I saw in auditions, people get like lined up and be like too short, too fat, not blonde enough, like literally like pointing or like, you know, like just like the pretty blondes in the front and like everyone who was like darker skinned or had like a thicker ass or thicker thighs, like you're going to the back. And just like, I just saw like firsthand, like just fucked up shit. I don't know if I can swear on it. Yeah, go for it, girl. That deserves a fucked up shit. There's no other way to describe it. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was just like in your face, kind of like the toxic dance culture that like, can kind of be underneath like in a lot of studios or like a lot of marketing or a lot of fitness spaces even, but like to be like in an audition room and it's just like in your face. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. And you know, after a long time I was just like burnt out from it, moved back to Boston, was dancing with a company in Boston. And at that point it was just like, I was just like hanging on and it wasn't really making me happy anymore. And it was just like felt toxic and like everybody was competing against each other. And like the dance community did not feel like welcoming or, and then there was also, I was like, where is there a space for me? Because if I, I either need to be like in industry classes, like training, 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 like I was Mm -hmm. in New York or, and like, performing and like whatever like on the top of my game or like go to like a studio where there's like children you know there wasn't really opportunities for like adult classes like not too many opportunities Mm -hmm. at least um so I ended up quitting dance and I it wasn't till like years later I was bartending full-time and I actually, this is kind of like a messed up story, but what the hell, I'm going to share it. Um, I was in a relationship and I, it was like not going well. Mm -hmm. And I had the feeling that like he was cheating on me. (laughs) And I will never forget, I like walked into this house, walked into this room, walked into it happening, saw it and I like blacked out saw red (laughs) and I just drove myself straight to, I found myself in a yoga studio (laughs) because I think I had been up all night worrying. It was like 6am. I like saw that happen. And I was like, the only thing I can do to like survive right now and like process what is happening is like getting into my body. And I don't even know if like I was like conscious for that decision, like a conscious enough to bring myself there. But like a deeper part of me knew like get your ass into your body and like to class. So I ended up going into a yoga studio and it literally combined like all of my love for movement and spirituality that I was like raised on. And over time I just started to like really, really click with yoga and like long story short, I became a yoga instructor full time for seven years. I toured the world leading like retreats and it just like, gave me this new sense of purpose and being able to hold space for people experiencing and expressing themselves through movement in their body, but in a way that was like inclusive and like, you don't have to be the best to do it. Mm -hmm. And this is like, everybody is coming from different backgrounds, different traumas, different walks of life and like all in this space together to like heal And so that's when I started to like really, and my own healing was happening. That's when I really started to realize like, okay, like this is like the kind of movement that I want to, that I'm here for. Like I can get behind this. And so I was teaching yoga for quite a while and there was a yoga studio that I was working at. And this was right after the Me Too movement. So there was kind of this huge, there was this very huge calling, I think, for women and femmes to like come back into their body and reclaim some of their power that had been stripped from them and all these stories were coming out and the studio owner was like she asked me if I would be comfortable leading a dance class particularly something that is more like sensual focused and 
liberating. Um, and I was like, how about a heels class? Because I had been seeing these like heels classes popping out of like LA mm -hmm. primarily. There wasn't really anything around here. Um, and I have a background in choreography and I loved and missed that part of myself and being able to teach that. So I created this class that was choreography based, but also super like community based. And I wanted to approach it from a place of like accessibility because that's what I had been practicing as I had been teaching yoga and teaching movement in this way that felt so different from the way that like dance was being taught. And so I was like, let's like fuse the two. Um, and that's kind of how my first heels class was born. Wow. Yeah. And ultimately, you decided that that was what you really wanted to lean into. And so mm -hmm. you've, you kind of went from dance to yoga to dance back again. And you took this class, this type of class that you created, and that's when you decided, I'm going to branch out and create Seacoast Stilettos and have something of my own, right? So, yes, it was really like I just started teaching to a few people and it was such a full circle moment and I just it was amazing it's been amazing like teaching dance again and finding mm -hmm. it in this way I started teaching to like a very I mean this first couple classes I had was like three people the studio was like under a gas station in Newmarket New Hampshire <laughs> <laughs> it was like not what it, you see now um and just like a few of my friends come into class and then um, from there, it just started to grow. And I was teaching heels classes and pop-ups at a few studios. And then um, the pandemic hit. And this is when I was, teaching yo I was teaching yoga. I was teaching dance. I was teaching a bunch of classes at a lot of different studios. And all of those studios closed down and everyone lost their jobs or turned to online. And I kind of was like this. At the time, I was like, I have this huge yoga following. I was really on the track of like, I'm going to pursue yoga and open a yoga studio someday because it makes sense and I have a huge following and I feel like really in my bag um, <laughs> and it brings me joy and I like being like giving like, you know, like being in this teacher role for yoga. And so that was kind of like my plan. And then um, I just hit so many roadblocks that after a while I was like, this might not be like the right path. Like there's a difference, I think, between hitting roadblocks and like persevering and like try, try again and get back up, dust yourself off and continue to do the work and move forward. Or like, is this just not in flow right. at all? And am I meant to be doing something Trying else? Trying to force something that's not, not right. happening. Yeah. So there was kind of a pivotal moment with that. And then the pandemic happened. And I was like, this might be an opportunity to like go off on my own and rather be like, this is Emily who teaches heels at the studio. Maybe start my own thing. And so Seco Stiletto started off as an Instagram handle because I was like, let me do Emily Chandra yoga for my yoga and Seco Stilettos will be like my dance page because there was also a lot of people that were like my yoga following that were not on board with like the dance stuff. And they were like, this is really racy and I'm just uncomfortable like looking at that or like being a part of that. And I was like, let's just like keep it separate. And like, I don't know, that's just like how it started. And then my like heels classes started to just really take off. And there was just, that's where the flow was. That's where my energy was. That's where it just, they started filling, they started selling out. Um, with the pandemic, virtual classes, there'd be so many people in like the virtual Zoom. We would be doing outside classes, rehearsals for projects and driveways and parking lots. And like, we really just made it work. Um, we did strut and sip events where like my friend who's a makeup artist would do like a makeup lesson and then we'd do like a dance after and we we're like all on Zoom. And this was a Friday night, a chance for us to like come together when like we literally thought the world was ending and like <laughs> no one was doing anything. So it just started to like take off from there. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
so much to unpack in all of that, but what a freaking journey. Yeah. And I love that with every stop along the way, it really shows that you gave it your all until you had that gut feeling that something else was calling you instead. You know, you really would put 100% into it and then it just sort of evolved naturally into something else and that's how this really came to be. I'm so curious about the, sort of the the people that would come for yoga, mm. like the demographics for the yoga classes versus the dance classes. It just not ha- like not being comfortable. What were what type of things were they saying? They just felt like it was too uh, forwardly like sexual or sensual. Yeah. I believe that's a big part of it. Of course, like the work that we're doing is not quiet. We're not like. I mean, it can be. There's those quiet, soft moments where you're just like intimate with yourself and moving sensually for yourself. And it is very like healing. Um, and also we're marketing it. We're showing, we're like, sh- I'm talking about what this class is and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think my demographic has always, uh, I was pretty much teaching yoga in like Newburyport, Linfield, like some wealthier, uh, predominantly white North Shore towns. So it was just total foreign concept for them. I think it was, um, yeah. Okay. (laughs) And I think there's a lot of people that were just like, absolutely, hell yeah, I like root for you, but Mm -hmm. you'll never catch me dead in the dance class. (sighs) And there's were a couple that like actually crossed over with me, and like oh. e- even one is still on the journey with me, and is in, is one of my instructors now, which is amazing. That's awesome! Um, wow, but yeah, I mean, I guess so. You're gonna get a, a mixed mixed bag, mixed review from yeah. everybody. So then it comes to actually finding a space and and opening up a business, moving away from virtual classes or from pop-ups and really having a solid home base. How did you get that started and off the ground? Because you really didn't have any experience in this. You're you're, like, we're figuring things out as we go. So where did you go first? I love this question (laughs) because... I feel like seen and heard when people ask me this because there's so much that happens behind the scenes that like you don't get to like share or talk about. It's just kind of like the final products out there. And but there's so much legwork. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You don't just for them. It seems like they blink and it's there. But they there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and prior to that to be able to happen. So, yeah, I definitely think it's something that we need to acknowledge. And I'm always curious to figure out what everyone's journeys were. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it just started kind of with like this entrepreneurial like spirit. Like, I guess I kind of I'm kind of an all or nothing type human. And if something isn't working for me, um, I'm going to like make moves and shift and to like to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, like that really did start with yoga um, because I wanted to do it full time. I wasn't just going to do it on the side. It wasn't going to be my plan B. It was my plan A, like a thousand percent. So like it really started there because I was just like, I just got my certification. No studio will hire me because I haven't worked in a studio yet. So I'm literally going to hand out flyers on the street, be like, I'm teaching at the beach. Like I have teach the best class. Like I was terrified, but I'm like, it's the best class you'll ever take. You've got to take my class. It's going to change your life. Hey, fake it till you make it, honey. (laughs) And you know, and like literally it would start like me just like offering to teach like all these public places until I could get into the studio and then from there taking off. But yeah. Um, and then there was a shift from being like an independent contractor as a heels and yoga teacher to, okay, this is my business and we're going to like do it your like the right way. And you know, there was a couple, you know, I just like kind of went into it and then had to backtrack. Oh, I need like my LLC. Oh, I need these insurances. Oh, I need to like get a lawyer on board. I have to have like all of, you know, my ducks in a row for the website and um, contracts and everything like that. Um, So I just kind of like went for it and backtracked to like clean things up, I guess. But um, I mean, as far as finding the studio, that was 
I, because I'm an all or nothing person, I think sometimes Anna Capricorn rising, I think sometimes I'm like, I have this idea and I want it now and it's going to happen now. (laughs) So this was a really big lesson for me in patience because, um, when it comes to something like this big, it's worth taking the time to like wait for the right place to come up and the, and had I not, and had I forced like other spaces that I was looking at, it just wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't be like, right. I don't think so. I wanted it to happen immediately, but I really had to wait to find like the right time and, um, just like let things kind of unfold. But I ended up finding a space and I've just been taking things in stride. Like I didn't have like a big bank loan or anything. I had um, some help from like a little side loan that like covered like the cost of our signage and our mirrors and like first last. So like the necessities and then kind of going from there and backtracking like, okay, now I can like be starting to think about like a really nice floor or like more cosmetic things. And so like, that's That's sometimes what I tell. Yeah. Tell people who are like opening up a brick and mortar business is like, if you can get it like running, like, you know, especially if you don't have a ton of capital, don't come from like a lot of money or like have that backing, you know, just like kind of start with what you can Mm -hmm. and then like go from there. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge leap of faith, Mm -hmm. but I also think that when you take those risks and those leaps of faith, it, it's just that sort of fire that's lit underneath you because failure becomes less and less of an option, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have to succeed. This has to do well because I'm not gonna be able to pay the bills if if it doesn't. And I think that like drives you and keeps you going. And I think that like, it's really what, um, it becomes more of a daily part of you rather than just like, well, give it a shot. And if it does well, it doesn't. If it doesn't, no big deal, you know? Um, So I I think that that's, there's something that's really special about that. As scary as that is, that approach can, I think, really turn what you have into something that's like magical, where otherwise maybe you wouldn't have put that extra oomph into it, you know, extra effort. I think a lot of things that stop people from like pursuing what they want or perhaps were like, meant to do is like fear totally and the fear of taking a risk and not having a plan B. Um, Whereas sometimes if you're holding yourself back because of that fear, like you would never, there's no room for your dream to grow because you're focusing on your, if that's your plan B, it can never be your plan A Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so it's, I see a lot of artists Uh, artists and like young business owners kind of struggle with that leap that needs to be taken sometimes. And maybe I took it a little more risky than most people would, but I would rather do that a thousand times over than never go for it. I love everything that you just said, and I could not agree more. And I think that that is it's it's so true. I don't want to say that it's where people go wrong, but but in a way, it sort of is. You know, like um, one of the things like my boss always says to me is, um, you know, it's better to have. Um, both feet out the door than to have one in and one out. Mm. And like, if I'm always like, I'm going to be, you know, I have this appointment, but like, I'm, I'm on my phone or like, I I can still check my emails. And she's like, just say you're not available for two Mm. hours, you know, like Mm -hmm. stop trying to do both. And, and that's one of the things like she always says, and it makes me think of this too, because it's kind of like, how can you give this passion that you have 100% if you don't, if, if you don't believe in it a hundred percent, you know, you're, you're keeping that, other hustle or that 
safety net there. And so you may think that this this passion, this dream that you really want just doesn't have the room to grow when in reality it does. It just mm-hmm. needs to be watered as much as mm-hmm. all the other aspects of your life mm-hmm. too, you know? Yes. Um, so I, I totally, totally agree with all of that. Um, okay, so let's go over the basics really quickly on um, Seacostalettos. So we've talked about it. It's in Peabody on Route 1, you said? Yes. Okay, perfect. Um, what We talked at the beginning about different classes. So all levels, all beginners to experience. Yeah, it's, we have intro classes. We have fundamentals classes, beginners. If it's intermediate, it'll be labeled as such. But we're not like your typical industry-based studio. There's opportunities for people in the industry to come and train. But mm-hmm. we really like always are thinking about the beginner in the room. Yeah, I love that. And types of classes. So obviously the heels classes we've mentioned, that is sort of where the whole idea came from, but it's so much more than that. You said there's dance hall classes, there's all different forms. What are maybe some of your most popular classes that people come in for? Most popular is beginner heels Mm. and also chair work. Oh, yes. Chair work is a newer class on the schedule that people have just been eating up and also contemporary, more softer. And we have a class called Hype that is also really fun. And it's a sneaker based class. Definitely a lot of booty shaking. Yes. How big are the classes? I think because that's another thing, too, is this whole idea of fear is, oh, I just couldn't do it because I don't want to do it in front of other people. So is it a big group of people? Is it a small group of people? I mean, I would want no one to come in and feel any sort of fear, but I wonder if size will have an impact on how willing they'd be to give it a try. Yeah, we have, it really depends. And of course we're like working to build the classes, but Mm. uh, I mean, our classes sell out when it gets to like 35 people. Um, okay. So we can definitely like pack the house for like the studio that we're in. Yeah, that's good size. And it is funny because I feel I totally get that. Like the more people, the scarier it is. But it's also the way in which we start the class. Like we're going to preface right when everyone is there that like that setting the tone for like this is a place where we hold each other in love and celebration. This is not a place where we're going to be judging. You're just as worthy as the next person, the person next to you, regardless of your dance experience. And like setting the tone of like, this is a place where you can feel safe and express. And at the end of the day, the steps don't fucking matter. It's about like having fun and feeling good and being like a badass bitch. And so like that is the tone and people are like, oh, okay. And then the bigger the classes, the more hype it gets and everyone's screaming and cheering for each other and like some people who have always been put in the back row their whole lives or have never danced before are like feeling seen and heard and worthy of taking up space for like the first time in their lives it must be so empowering and I cannot wait to come in and take a class that's incredible I love that and it's true I mean everyone's there for the same reason especially if you are going to a beginner's class you know they're beginners too, right? So you're all in the same boat. Yeah. But it really, it, going back to, I think, just the the bones of who you are and this whole mission is just, it's all about acceptance. So there really isn't any of that judgment or anything to worry about once you get there. It's That's really totally removed. So I love that. Thank you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the sensuality piece itself Mm. and sort of as it relates to just being women in our thirties and figuring out a little bit more about who we are and feeling confident around that area of our lives. Because I do think that when we were growing up, we were really taught, you know, we don't talk about these things. You don't exude that side of you. It's something that should be always just sort of like between you and your husband when you get married and behind (laughs) closed doors. And, And also I think there's so many layers to it, as you're saying too, it's not all vulgar. There's something that's really beautiful about it too. So for you, how do you describe, how do you describe sort of sexuality and sensuality in terms of the dance itself? I think that 
there's such an opportunity for humans, not just women specifically, but humans to come into the space and drop into like their sensual selves. And I would describe that, I mean, as a really intimate, sacred and personal thing that's going to feel different for everybody. That could be as simple as like looking straight into your own eyes in the mirror in front of you. Or that could be wearing a sexy piece of lingerie that like you've always been too scared to wear, but now you have like a safe space to like wear it in Um, or like pushing the bounds of like your comfort zone a little bit or it could like literally be like touching your body head to toe um it could be like grinding on the floor shaking your ass it could be just like soft and quiet and not performative at all Mm -hmm. so I think it's not like a one-size-fits-all thing it's so different for everybody but to have and be in a space that feels safe enough where you can explore that side of yourself is just like so healthy. And for me, I started this kind of class from a place that was really shamed Mm -hmm. sexually. And um, my upbringing was a little more like unconventional than I think a lot of people maybe our age. I grew up with like rock star parents and like my mom (laughs) had like purple hair and was always wearing like crazy outfits to her gigs and stuff. But for, I feel like it definitely is a big concern when people start to come to class is like, well, what will people think? And what am I wearing? And it is funny, like seeing people like they start off and like fully clothed and then like the layers just come off, like the more classes they attend, the outfit changes. It's like all these alter egos being unlocked. I digress. so fun to see. (laughs) It is so fun to see. Like starting in like full sweats to then just like fishnets. <laughs> but that's that's like exactly sort of an, an answer to my question too, is it, it's just showing that little things like being able to see yeah, your hips can move this way or making that eye contact and just really looking at yourself, you start to be more and more comfortable with who you are. And so you can show a little bit more skin. Mm-hmm. You can start pushing the boundaries a little bit more. It's it's those little things that they're learning and doing and trying probably for a lot of people for the first time. Yeah. And now they're like, okay, you know what? That wasn't so scary. Yeah. Or I, I can do that. And it's okay to, for me to do this. And I feel good when I do this. Yes. You know? And so then they, they start to shed those layers, I think, emotionally and physically with their clothing. Yeah. I think a lot of our conditioning obviously has just been like put on us to like, you know, you're either too much or not enough. And so it's like really rewiring and like rewriting that narrative. Like every, the work doesn't stop. Um, And like I mentioned before, like I was coming out of um, or like from a place of like really feeling shame. I had just like, broken up with my ex who it was another ex but uh abusive relationship um and really really like rooted in like slut shaming like I had never been meant to feel like I was just like so uh just like should feel ashamed of like what I wear and like my body and how I move and like express myself and um so I really like needed this class just as much as like the people that were coming to it mm-hmm. And it's just been like a really amazing way to like, you know, how do I like to move like and looking at myself and like, I love that I can show this part of myself and like feel sexy and empowered and who gives a fuck what people think easier said than done. But like the more and more you show up for yourself and the more you create that bond and like honoring your sensuality as something that is sacred and not something that is meant to be like stifled, shut down or shamed in any way. It's just a real healing. I want to talk about that a little bit more because when you were telling your story and sort of how this all came to be, you know, when the yoga studio that you were working at was looking for somebody to help with having more sensual moves. I mean, I think it takes a special person to be the one to volunteer for that. And knowing that you have had these pretty traumatic experiences with your relationships, I think that it, it for me, 
it's surprising, but also wonderful to hear that you were the one who was was able to raise your hand and say, okay, I'll do it. Mm. So when, when that opportunity presented itself for you after or maybe in the middle of going through some of those um, relationship, you know, experiences, did you have this sort of conscious mindset of, if I maybe just dive into this, it will reverse some of what I've been conditioned to to mm. feel or to think about myself? Um, or was it something along the lines of, I just want to know more, like what, what really yeah. inspired you? That's such a good question. And I think I have always been one to like, I've really always had this fire inside me where I like to shake things up a little bit. And I feel like I was feeling so repressed and like stifled in that relationship for a long time and felt like I needed to like swallow a lot and just like bottle things up that like there was just a part of me that was like dying to like scream and like be as flashy as I can and disrupt the shit out of like the yoga and like fitness industry. Um, so that was like a big motivator. Yeah. Um, and also the truth that I am the most like aligned and grounded and like in my purpose as I am when I'm in my body and like able to express myself through movement. Mm -hmm. So I think just like uh, the deeper sense that like, this is what I need to be doing. Um, and like feeling that call and I want and a big fuck you to yeah. everything. <laughs> I combo. support that message. <laughs> That's amazing. And, um, you know, the fact that it was almost like muscle memory for you when that first relationship, you found him cheating, you drove and you found yourself back to your roots. And so it was a form of healing for you. Then it, it sort of continued to be this form of healing for you. And now you're really being able to spread that and help that, you know, other people's find that same type of healing. But I'm curious, what were, when you think back to those moments, like he, dancing was really this like coping, coping mechanism for you you were kind of saying it. I don't know if there's more to it, but is it just learning different parts of your body and feeling like, okay, now I'm really proud to show this off or what about it itself was really, you say, you know, being in your body, like describe what that is. Cause I think it can be a little bit abstract. So yeah. I want something that's a little bit easier to kind of wrap my head around. Yeah. I mean, I think something is just like really unlocked the combination of moving because we can dissociate, right? When we go through trauma or deal with anxiety or depression or like life as humans, um, we tend to like disassociate from our bodies, whereas our mind is just thinking about all of the fear, all the insecurities, everything else. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, so not present. So when you move, it brings you into presence, into the moment, into yourself. So that's what I mean when I say like being in your body and like grounding into yourself, um, yes. which is just so, yeah. So as simply put as like being present and sensuality is like the awakening of your senses, right? So we're like listening to the sound, the soft or sexy or ratchet music <laughs> um, or like feeling like a goddess with like whatever you have on, um, hearing the screams and the support of like the people around you, seeing the lights and like the neon like lighting in the room. Like it's just a sensory and sensual experience. And then also at the same time, like being in this movement that is like, like, I didn't know I could do that. Or like, look at like, you, sometimes I really do see people have that moment of like, that's me. <laughs> like, that's me. And just like seeing, experiencing yourself in like a whole new light. I love that. So for you, what's been really, the, is that really what's been the most rewarding part as a teacher. I mean, now I know you have so many other mm. teachers and instructors, but you're still doing some of the classes yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I teach often. So what's been the biggest difference between having those sort of awakening moments personally versus 
seeing it through the lens of an instructor and watching somebody else have those moments. Yeah. That has been a entirely new role that I didn't really anticipate taking on. I didn't anticipate wearing the hat of like studio owner, studio manager, managing a team, um, you know, supporting people in that way. And it's amazing and quite honestly, really surreal when I get feedback from people that have had these life altering experiences from my classes or from a Seacoast class. And I've seen some people go through earth shattering things and that have come back to my class and the classes that we offer time and time again to help them heal. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the people that were coming to my classes and still do are from such similar situations. Like, so relatable and it is just interesting like kind of like you attract what you put out or and then we're just kind of like growing and healing together but yeah even bigger watching these people have experiences having that experience with like an instructor who had that experience in my class and it's just like this like beautiful ripple effect and that is the biggest part and most rewarding part of Seacoast for me now is like the community aspect. It's a it's an incredible community of um, all walks of life mm -hmm. that are just so committed to um, their own healing and like the healing of others and holding space for each other. Yeah, I don't think it's something that you're ever going to get used to because I think it's just so magical each and every time. You know, it's just and I love that you're not getting immune to it. And it's special to see each person have those moments. And I'm sure it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. When people send me DMs or like <laughs> write me cards or I like cry, like the whole, it makes my day and it just makes me well up because it's just when you get to that point where something's just like so beyond yourself, it's just like, it's so moving mm -hmm. and quite surreal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, relationships and society can be brutal and they can totally alter our perception of who we are, what we want, what our worth is. Mm -hmm. And it takes a heck of a lot to break some of that and to really change that. And I think that, you know, we are more and more talking about therapy and I think that therapy is an amazing tool, but that's like the most common tool. It's really, it's really neat to hear something like this mm. and think of just alternative ways or additional ways. You know what I mean? I think that it's really all about having as many resources as possible. And it's just, it's a totally funky, different, new, fun way to try it because some people don't like, you know, I don't, they're, or they're resistant to therapy because they just don't want to go and talk about their feelings. Mm. So it's for somebody like that, you can go to a class like this. You don't have to talk about shit. You know, you just yeah. dance and you just, it's all about being in touch with your body. And like that might be better suited for, for some people. Yeah. And I like to talk about dance in the way that I taught yoga and where it's like, dance is an opportunity for healing and it can also be looked at as a healing modality, which I feel like so many non-dancers or and dancers are just like, no, dance is like training and technique and all of these things, which yes, it is. And also we have an opportunity to heal regardless of your level of like dance experience. Mm -hmm. And also you don't have to come in with the notion of like, I'm here to heal something. You can just come in because you like the song yeah. or people come in for all sorts of reasons and it's all good. If you're just here to like get your video and post it on Instagram, like absolutely bitch, like you fucking get it. And if you're here because you need to like heal and work through, through some stuff, like absolutely. Sometimes you go in there and you don't know that you're going to heal, but like you're moving your body and energy that may be stored in there is moving out somehow, some way. And you're healing without even knowing it, it yeah. you know, or just like connecting with friends. It's so hard to meet friends I feel like in your 30s and yes. like this is just like such an awesome opportunity I've seen so many friendships like sprout from like the programs that I do and the classes um like literally like going on trips together like lifelong friends 
That's incredible. And I, no, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because it is true. I think I'm focusing on these healing aspects to it because I think it's really fascinating and it's and super important, but mm. it definitely needs to be also said that, that you can come in for any reason at all. It doesn't need to be seeking or searching for something. It could be just to have a damn good time. It could yeah. be to meet people, mingle. There's more and more reasons why you should at least just give it a try, right? Yes. Whatever, whatever you're searching for personally. Um, but I do, I've been holding on to this little secret from all the <laughs> listeners. Um, and I really was excited to talk about this um, with you. And I love that you're an open book and you're, and you're <laughs> down for anything. But obviously I am, um, you and I had discussed and a lot of this and, and had a chat before the show and you told me sort of most of this journey and, and a little bit about your personal life as well. And one of the things that I just loved is that um, your, your relationship, this is fairly new, right? You've been together since this past August. Yes. And do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? You are dating a woman for the first time and you like your healing journey, I think was a huge part to getting here. You, you, I remember you telling me and you were like, I never in my life thought that this is where I would be, but I'm the happiest I've ever been in my whole damn life. And I want to take some time to just like talk about this because (laughs) I think it needs to be celebrated. I think it is absolutely wonderful and it's just, it's really special and so sweet. So I Talk to me. I mean, like you've been going through this healing journey. You've been you creating this badass booming business and you're you know, you're really getting a true sense of who you are and what Emily wants and and really, you know, checking in with Emily. And (laughs) all of a sudden she walks in and, you know, now your whole life is flipped upside down. It's like, walk (laughs) me through it. Walk me through it. No, literally like no one could have seen this coming. I don't think. Maybe some people would beg to differ, but I certainly did not see this coming. Like, I did not. Um, I have always identified as straight, but I've also always subscribed to the idea that it's a spectrum and, like, everybody's a little gay (laughs) is what I think deep down. Um, Just different levels of it. But I had always been like, you know, I'm very I think women are beautiful and all beings are beautiful um but I just have always been in straight relationships and that's just like how I identified and that was like my story and I was sticking to it and I think because sometimes we like have this idea of like who we are and you know um (laughs) we think we know ourselves but I think sometimes if we don't stay like open we can close down, be shut down from like so much beauty and so much love. Mm -hmm. And I like had not even realized like how closed off I was um, until I met Leah and my whole world like shifted. So yes, Leah works as our videographer and also teaches classes, but um you know, it started from friendship, but real quickly, I feel like I was just starting to feel feelings that I had never experienced with a woman. Like I had like been with women intimately, like hooked up and stuff just for like nothing serious, but I was getting like big feels that I had never experienced with a woman before. I was like, why do I feel like I'm crushing on her like I would a dude right now? Like, this is so intense and, like, huge. And, like, my whole world feels like it's, like, flipped upside down. And I thought I was, like, going through a crisis. I was like, I'm 33. And this is just, like, I don't know. Like, aren't you supposed to, like, have everything, like, figured out? Especially, like, around that by now. And it really, like, kind of threw me for a loop. Um, even as someone who's like preaches about like getting to know yourself and doing all of this work and all of this, you know, like the work never ends and the self-discovery never ends and, um, and it never should. And I think I just like, I remember being like, I can either shut this down real quick and just like chalk it up to being like, you're going through a crisis and like, or like an identity, whatever, and just like move on. 
or you can like lean into it. And like the more time passed, like the more I realized like there's no way I can shut this down or like bottle it up. Like this is like real big feelings and it's not going away. And so I leaned into it and I opened up and here we are. <laughs> I'm so glad that you did lean into Me it. Too. Um, Best relationship wait, I've ever been in. That's incredible. So supportive. That's incredible. Such a queen. But it is, it's so true. I think that, um, like we, you know, we talk, we hear a lot and there's a lot of these conversations going on about being closed off and being guarded. And I think it, it, we see it in, um, situations where, you know, there's those girls that don't want to date a dude who's under 5'10 or Mm. like, you think you like blondes, but you, you know, might really like brunettes. I think we, we, get guarded a lot in um, just physical appearance and that's when I think um, most people will notice a difference like oh wait this guy's kind of growing on me or like this so and so is growing on me mm-hmm. but like this is I, I think such um, on a larger scale this like real true perfect example of how we're so closed off even when we don't know it because you would have nothing to be like closed off no reason to be closed off to towards her to begin with. You know what I mean? Like it's coming in, you're thinking it's platonic. And like all of a sudden, as you're just like freely letting the relationship friendship develop, now you're like, okay, wait a second. I think this might be, there might be more here. There might mm-hmm. be something going on. And I think when, cause you didn't even think to have a guard up. I think a lot of times subconsciously we make up these things on what we're looking for and what we need in a yeah. partner. Oh, based I certainly, on, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you had no reason to feel like, Oh, I got to like keep an arm's length with her. And so see what happens. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I just think it's really, really cool. I Thank think it's you. amazing. I'm so happy for you. And I think what a perfect, perfect story wait you know for your story to or you know chapter for your story to have right now because truly look at I mean we've gone through the the last several years of your life and everything that you've been through and you creating this business and your whole message and mission is about and now you're like look at me I'm still figuring it out too you know Mm -hmm. what I mean I think the work's never done Mm -hmm. and um I don't know. I just, I'm kind of at a loss for words, but I just love it so much. But uh, Thank you. when you really decided to make the decision to to lean into it and, yeah. and have this be a relationship, what was that like for you? Were you scared? Did you, you know, have, you know, we, I think there's a lot of conversations about coming out when you're younger, but yeah. now we're kind of moving away from that. And then also, is it different as an adult? What was that? Tell me about that. It was terrifying I was really scared um not just for like the sake of coming out and now there's like a huge community of people that like follow me and expect things from me um which is mostly my own narrative because like at the end of the day like those people are so supportive and like loving but um just like I guess the pressure Um, But even more so than any of that, just like afraid of breaking my own heart, like my heart's been through a lot. (laughs) And I think that's definitely like a valid fear that everybody faces. But I was terrified of it was the most like vulnerable I think I've ever been like because here's some like even when I had told crushes or exes in the past that like I'm falling for them or I like them or whatever, like I you know, it's just like, this is certain. And I know, you know, that I'm straight and like, whatever. And I can like speak this, but I was just like, so confused and like feeling so many things for like the first time ever that I was like, this is the scariest thing to like even communicate. And I don't want to ruin her life (laughs) or like, um, mine or make a fool of myself or whatever, or like get mixed up in like people's business. Like maybe she doesn't want anything to do with me. Um, in that way, I think that's something that is like pretty big and like lesbian culture too is like you don't know like or like you know th- how beyond friendship like mm-hmm. <laughs> crossing the line from friends to not yeah. especially like being friends first. Um, so yeah, I was fucking scared as shit and um, but like and I feel like once I spoke from my heart. It just started, it was terrifying, but it like really fell into place. (laughs) 
you initiated the conversation. I did. I did because I knew she wasn't going. And had she been with women before as well? Okay. So was that her preferred? Yes. Okay. So you at least knew that she she was was open to Mm -hmm. women. Yeah. So you had that. Mm -hmm. But I totally see what you're saying because with her, I'm sure, experiences in the past, it's been hard. Like, you know, she has feelings for women, but she knows her her friends probably only view her platonically. So she would never broach that conversation because she doesn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. So it really had to be you. It had to be me. (laughs) We had even had a conversation like months before about, and I was like telling her how straight I was because she was asking. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm like the straightest you'll ever meet and like this is the guy I'm talking to right now and blah 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 and so she it was very much in her head for good reason that like I was off limits in that way and like so yeah it had to be me and it was scary and terrifying but I knew it had to be done and even if she was gonna reject me or like it wasn't gonna work out at least I know that like that is how I felt and it's real and I can like move on from there yeah you stayed authentic to who you really were and what you were feeling yeah how did she how did the conversation go was it like immediately <laughs> thank god I'm so glad you said something I or? think it was like it uh, there was like a few days of like processing yeah. that like needed to happen totally um but I do remember her just reaching out and being like I literally thought that this was never an option like I've been crushing on you for so long and like all of this stuff and we still Amazing. talk about it all the time <laughs> Do you think that you would be here if it wasn't for Seacoast Stilettos and your journey up until now? Do you think that you ever like would have been dating a woman at 33 <laughs> years old? You know what I mean? Or do you think that mm. you really took the time and did the work and now you've been able to open yourself up to this? I honestly, I like Hard don't even say. know how to answer that question because... A part of me thinks that, like, if it wasn't Seacoast, it would be something else Mm -hmm. because of just how I am. And I'm just a really passionate person. And I think what has, like, led me in, like, the right direction in my personal life and my business and everything is just honestly, like, leaning into my heart and following it, like, very truly with all the risks involved and, like, everything that comes with it. The mistakes and and everything. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I didn't answer your question no, quite. No, I think it's a hard <laughs> it's a hard question to answer. It's a hard question to answer. But um, I guess from where I'm sitting, I think that whether you've realized it or not, everything that you've done, every you know, everywhere you lived, every job you took, every hobby you said, okay, I'll try, every time you volunteered has slowly but surely been leading you to this moment. So I, I do think that so much of, of what you've already done has has really helped you get here. But you're yes. right. I, I do think, you know, you if this was your destiny, like you were going to get here either way. Yeah. But- no, I do think and know like that – I believe that things happen for a reason and I believe all of the moments in your life and your career and whatever are like they make up who you are and I think that there's such a bigger force or whatever you want to call it at play because I could never have imagined in my like early 20s when I thought my dance career was over and I quit dance. Um, and I was just like in these really like abusive relationships time and time and time again that I would be in my like almost 34 and in like the most fulfilling relationship I've had and in this like career that has just like really taken off. And I could never have planned that. Yeah. Especially like, you know, I didn't really come from a family that, um, I feel like a lot of people, members of my family are just like, how is she doing this? You know, just like maybe not super like business minded or like, you know, not everyone like went to school, graduate college. And I just think it just kind of, it's not like, oh, it wasn't really like a learned thing. It was just something that I really like leaned into and like pursued. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope that 
Once you finally had the conversation with her and you guys decided that you were going to do this and um, it was becoming your reality that, you know, everyone received the news in your circle well and support you. And I think that it's clearly you've created such a community of of people like this. So I'm sure you associate yourself with all these wonderful people who are behind you 100% <laughs> because that's exactly what you deserve. You. But I just think it, it's so, it's so special and so beautiful. And I'm just, it's an inspiration. And also I'm very grateful for people like you that want to disrupt and, you know, and want to keep pushing boundaries and also, allowing for room for everybody at the table mm-hmm. and allowing for all different kinds of ups and downs and ins and outs of our lives and constantly evolving, constantly reinventing ourselves. I think that's what this crazy thing called life's all about. And your your story just truly touches me. I I, I could listen to it over and over and over again. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so nice. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I'm very proud of you. And I'm sure you have a Thank lot of people you. who are very proud of you as well. Thank you. Before I let so you much. go, a couple things. Um, number one is how do we sign up for classes? So you can sign up for classes at seacoststilettos.com. Our whole okay. schedule is there. So we pretty much do everything online. You can totally do drop-ins. It's not like you have to be a member or anything. Okay. Um, but we have all kinds of like class packs and stuff, just like you would find at a yoga studio or gym or something like that. Um, okay, and cool. yeah, Instagram is definitely like where you're going to get the most information. You can follow us at Stilettos on Instagram where we always post like the classes of the day and the teachers and what's happening and all the details. Amazing. Those were going to be my questions. Last question is final piece of advice. Before I let you leave, (laughs) I always like to have one sort of go-to or staple piece of advice. It can be pertaining to things we've discussed. It could be general. It could be on something totally different, but whatever speaks to you most. Mm. I feel like in light of everything that we've talked about today and as basic as this sounds, but it's not really basic at all, is like really lean into that dream and follow it, which sounds so cliche, but, (laughs) you know, there's so many reasons not to that your mind might make up and that people tell you why you shouldn't or society has conditioned you to only think like this, this, this and about yourself or there's lots of roadblocks or whatever it may be, but leaning into your dream um, and really staying close to what lights you up because that dream could really evolve and change and take on different roles and hats. And sometimes you don't even know where you're going, but if you're going towards what feels good, it's going to be something fucking incredible. (laughs) That totally just spoke to me. I love that you said, just stay close to what lights you up. That's awesome. Because, yeah, dreams can change. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're staying in touch and in tune with that, your goal is always going to be what your your soul really needs. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Thank you so much. So, so much. I promise I will make my South Shore ass get up to the (laughs) North Shore and take one of these classes. You have a wonderful story. You have been doing incredible, amazing things. I'm so excited to see what the future holds for you. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye.